0: Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson, and J.J. Levinsky, a.k.a. Mac and Blue.
1: Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona. I am Robert Johnson, Vice President, Business Development at Tory Contracting. That other handsome gentleman there is almost blacked out. J.J. Levinsky, President, Blue Wave General Contracting. How are you doing, buddy?
2: Oh, I'm great. I, I can see why you blacked out though, because handsome and me in the same sentence. Yeah, that was like an oxymoron.
1: Building. Yeah, big on the yeah. moron. We um, yeah, should
2: we should have, have Daryl on if we were looking for handsome. Well, I am
1: waiting for Daryl. Daryl Robinson, our producer. Can you flip in there, Daryl? No, he's not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, there, there he is. is. Um, uh, Daryl, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. I love throwing <laughs> him a curveball because we, you know, we used to do this. We always do this when we're in the studio, but. It's just something else for him to have to do. Thanks, Daryl. And we have Amy Houck. It's already been a blast for anybody. I mean, I hate the fact that, that you didn't get the first 15 minutes while we're all getting ready, but I'm sure it will recreate itself here. Amy Hauk, who is the chief marketing and product officer for Prelean Pro Technologies. There's another little piece another company in there. And we'll, well, I'm sure that'll make its way out here in a minute. Amy, glad to have you. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I was very excited to be invited by, uh, especially by both you guys. You guys are well-known, and it's it's a pleasure to be here. The information you share is definitely critical to the industry.
1: Oh, well, thank you, JJ. She got the check.
2: So, for the audience, it's the, green. green what, are we M&M. ca- what are we calling it, our Burgering or it's... vehicle is green M&Ms.
1: So just yeah. know yeah.
2: that if you do business with Amy, it's green M&Ms.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, um, Amy, tell us a little bit about what you do, uh, what you want us to know to start with, and then we're going to throw you softballs and make this all about you for the next hour.
3: Oh, my gosh. It's like a dream come true. Now, what I would like to do is record this for my husband so he knows what it's like to put me first um, in, in all things.
1: He'll get it. <laughs> we'll send it as many times as you want.
3: <laughs> um, my name's Amy. Um, I am the president of, both, of National Lean Services, so there I've already bought mm-hmm. in the other company. Um, and I'm also the chief marketing and product officer for PreLink Pro. Now, a little bit about what I do. I really don't know what I do. I think I do a lot, for a long time, I think I did baseball games and happy hours um, in order to build, you know, really for business development. I mean, that was at least what I told my partners. So I did a lot of baseball games, a lot of networking. I engaged in a lot of great associations throughout the state since we've been a company. We have been affiliated with everything from, <clears throat> Association of Construction Trades in Arizona and Tucson. We've been members of Arizona Builders Alliance. We're avid volunteers. I have done a little bit of everything. Um, at one point, I was the executive director of the Walls and Ceilings Organization at Arizona. Yep, yeah, did that for a couple of years. Figured I like some spice in my life, so why not do that? Um, I've also been the executive board of the Arizona Minority Contractors, AMCA, under Ricardo Carlo. And I am, am a huge volunteer with Arizona Builders Alliance. Um, in helping generate um, fundraising and awareness for apprenticeship programs, education, and some fun stuff here and there. Sometimes I get to do some convention planning, so I really like giving back to the industry with my time and sweat and a lot of tears. There's sometimes there's blood.
1: Yeah, Multiple yeah. Tears. You're a busy lady. You yeah. are a busy lady, and you just and you just flew in this morning from Las Vegas at an ungodly hour.
3: Ungodly, ungodly which... hour. yeah.
1: I'm guessing was before six in the morning.
3: Yeah. I had my alarm set for three AM. I had a we had a six AM flight that decided it was going to leave at seven. So um really shot a hole in my morning, but at least we got here safely. We were able to spend a couple of days in Vegas with the family doing some um international soccer games um at Olympus Stadium. Cool. It was really, really
2: cool. Ooh. Yeah. That would have been no. that would have been Real
3: Madrid and Barca. So we went to Real Madrid and Barca uh, Saturday night and Friday night we saw Juve Juventus and Chivas, which is my husband's soccer team. So um, my whole family all got to see their favorite soccer teams and um, mine wasn't there. So I just kind of hung out and I bolstered my Instagram content. That's what I did. There you go. There you so, go. But I, it was a great time. Wonderful matches. Great. It was a great time. So it was yeah. worth it. Yeah, you know, it was worth waking up at three in the morning to get to get on a plane that decided to keep me on the tarmac for an hour. But
2: it was good. So so Amy, how did how did you become the queen and diva of lean management?
3: <laughs> Some would say I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, it's because I'm a total nerd uh, in different things. And so my mom was a freelance paralegal in the 80s. We're talking big hair, shoulder pads, lots of weird makeup and really a lot of electronic music at the time. And my sister and I were runners or slave labor for her in our early um, high school and middle school years. And so we got some exposure to the law. She worked for different kinds of attorneys, all different kinds. We got to engage with them and understand a little bit about it. And I didn't realize it would take me back to a legal space in my adulthood. And it did in a kind of a pseudo kind of way because legal document preparers are not attorneys. Uh, We don't give legal advice. We draft legal documents and we're able to interpret what we're at least trying to say. We can't interpret the law, but at least I know the difference between privity and not privity, which I guess a lot of people don't know. But it's been fun. And that's how I got into it. And we were consulting. Peter and I were consultants for many, many, many years and stumbled across helping out a lean company. And then one thing led to another. And we really loved it and found a space where we can do good by the industry. We can set some best practices we can help contractors get paid and then we can create really cool software to make it easier for everybody not just for our link company but for you know firms contracting firms
1: yeah that's cool yeah very cool okay well let me ask this question uh, because i know you've never gotten this one at all (laughs) but what is a pre-lean and why do we need it in the contracting business
3: So all states have different, have lien law, some sort of lien law, different kinds of lien law. There are two different kinds of states in the country. There are proactive states and reactive states. Proactive states are states like Arizona and California, where you have to do a preliminary notice or a pre lien to establish your right to lien. The proactive states have you do it at the beginning of the project, whether or not you're having payment issues or anything. What makes Arizona kind of unique is that general contractors have an obligation to complete a preliminary notice and serve it to the owners also, even though there's a contract. And in some states like Florida, well, the prime contract with the owner should give you enough privity and enough establishment of the right to lien the property without having to jump any, through any hoops, but that's not the case. And so in Arizona, if you want to protect your accounts, your, your accounts receivables, you, your aging, your retention, Pay applications, the payments to your subs and your suppliers. Preliminary notice is a really good way to do that in the event things start going a little bit hanky. So, I guess so it's you, right.
1: so you cannot file a lien for non-payment if you're a contractor and you have not filed a pre-lien.
3: That is correct in Arizona. In Arizona, yes, there are there there's. If we're talking Arizona law, Arizona commercial law, or Arizona, even Little Miller, which is your local municipality. No, the only there's there are some fine exceptions with um, federal jobs. If you're working for the air forces or you're working for large federal buildings and projects, there's a little bit of a difference there, but for most cases, the best practice in Arizona is just do the preling. Do the pre-lean, secure it because it does open so many more doors to avenues of collection. If you don't get paid, then not having it, gotcha. and it's a simple way to do it. You offload the crap work to lean companies. <laughs> it's kind of it's a lot of research, a lot of discovery, a lot of notifications and phone calls. It's grunt work, but you know we love we love learning our clients' ecosystems. We love learning what they do and how they do it and how we can be a good fit for them. And it's fun. It's fun making sure that people get paid for the hard work that they do in this state. Sure.
2: sure. Amy, what, I mean, what are the biggest mistakes you see in the pre-lean uh, arena?
3: Biggest mistakes we see.
2: I um, mean, other than, other than filing them, let's say everyone does go through the pre-lean process. So look, 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 that caveat. With I, that then, what are the biggest mistakes?
3: I would say two of the biggest mistakes are going to be ensuring that you are pre-leaning the proper project, the proper address. So the preling secures the, the dirt really in most cases, sometimes the building, but let's just take a simple case. It'll ensure that you can, that the dirt, the owner on title or the owner of record is someone that needs to be notified because any building that happens on top of that project can be done by a third party, can be done by a developer. But the person that is at the end of the day, the most vulnerable at losing out is the person who owns the dirt. Every, I mean, contractors can lose out all over the place. Don't get me wrong. There's a million ways contractors can lose money. Then, but when you're talking as a as a homeowner or you're talking as a landowner, you have the highest risk at that money not going where it's supposed to go when it's supposed to get there. Um, so making sure that the right project is actually the one, the right address, the right title, the right parcel is being notified, and also ensuring that the owner that the right people are notified. So the owner of record, you know, you, I there's very I can't imagine an occasion where we wouldn't notify the owner of title or the legal owner of the property. It's just part of what we do, um, but I'd say the two biggest mistakes outside of us are going to be outside of lien companies uh, primarily are going to be people just notifying the wrong property or the wrong owner or not notifying the right people.
2: And just to be clear, any any vendor, supplier, subcontractor or main contractor, they all can file pre on that project. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. That is correct. The the nuances it's second tier subcontractors can e- even have lien rights. Suppliers to second tier contractors can have lien rights. As long as there's no break in the contract, then you should be okay. As long as everybody can shake hands all the way up the chain and there's no break in that chain, then you should be okay. I always suggest that people talk to their attorneys to ensure that if there are any questions on whether or not there's a lien right, if there's an actual nuance, it's really weird, that they definitely go to their attorney and double double check and make sure that they if there's something else they need to do.
1: Yeah, I, I noticed, I mean, in commercial construction, I think the owner's developers are, are much more savvy when it comes to this as, as not so much in the residential if you're doing a lot of remodeling stuff. I, I cannot tell you the number of phone calls that I've taken where an owner gets a pre lean and starts complaining because we filed the lien on their property. So how do you explain that to them?
3: Well, a couple of different ways. First of all, we explained to them that if they were to read the document, quite literally, the first couple of sentences, the first sentence <laughs> under the title says, this is not a link. Mm-hmm.
1: So,
3: and then we have them go down and read the rest of the document that lets them know what the document actually is. And it does state it in the document, but we get a lot of phone calls. If we have someone dealing with residentials and you're right, mm-hmm. the people that typically freak out the most are your homeowners. Yep. Right, no, so they don't know what they're getting, you know. They're like, I just needed some plumbing work done, and now I've got somebody leaning my house. No, not yet. I pay the bill, and you won't have to worry about it, right? But when we're dealing with residents, when we're dealing with residentials, we're dealing with like restoration companies who deal with a lot with residentials. Mm-hmm. We try to train them up and help them educate the homeowner before they start Correct. receiving these documents, and if they aren't going to educate the homeowner then at least have some sort of cover letter that we can include with our documentation so that the homeowner knows from your letterhead this is why you're getting it this is why you're receiving it it's just part of our process it's part of our, our insurance requires it our legal requires it our owner requires it it's just a it's a very simple way just to make sure that you guys have avenues of collection in the event of non-payment and again to your point earlier residentials are always always going to be the ones that get confused the most. And they're the ones that we take the most time with. We want to make sure that those homeowners are comfortable and safe. And we we definitely do some counseling, <laughs> some family yeah. counseling there sometimes. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, our clients are doing what's best for them. And in order to do that sometimes and provide the best work for the customer, you have to make sure that they're protected. And, you know, it's kind of a, it's a necessary evil in the state.
1: Yeah, I get so it. In,
2: so Amy, specific to just your lean management business not the software yeah. what give the audience an idea of like what percentage of your client base is either gc's subcontractors or other like how how do you what, what's the demographics look like for what who you typically are are helping out in the space
3: well i'd say on i if i had to segment it out kind of you know take a, a reading of where we are I'd say about 60 percent of our clients are going to be subcontractors of our clients will be uh, material suppliers, maybe even higher 25% and the remainder would be our general contractors. We do have a couple of specialty firms. We have a couple of uh, labor suppliers, labor companies. We have several labor companies and we've really been starting to break into the dual subcontractor that does commercial, that does building and service. And that's something we've been seeing a big shift in is that service side of it. And, And so we have some of those dual contractors in there also.
1: So you mentioned the service side of it. Is the service side is something that needs that, that can benefit from pre-leaning as well?
3: It can. Here's here's the cool thing about pre-leans. So pre-leans in Arizona give you 20 days. You know, you got these 20 mm. days you can kind of play around with. It can be at the beginning of the project. Heck, you can do it halfway through the project if you don't care about the first half of the project. But when you're like a restoration company, a restoration company or a service company to your, to your question, brands making a new client out of Yavapai County in Prescott who on a Friday evening, after hours, a woman from Yarnell had given him a call and said, I need help with my toilet. It's a plumber. just a service plumb, plumber service. She's, he said, you know what? I will happily dispatch someone to you, but please be aware it's after hours. There is a dispatch fee and there's a minimal bill that you're going to have to see when you get there. And here's your estimate for the work that needs to be done. Do you agree? Yes, please send someone out. Luckily, this particular client records all their calls. So there was no way for her to really back out of it. But they go out it's friday night they drive out they tend to this woman's needs and then she proceeds to berate them for charging her for after hours and a dispatch fee He's said will you agree to-? so she didn't pay him long story short she didn't pay him She was really belligerent really cruel to these guys who are out there in the middle of the night making sure that she could use her facilities and on the, that was monday tuesday so tuesday i get a call from the client and i said hey my guys got dispatched out here here's what happened can you help i'm like is it sure so this is what we should do the first thing we should do let's get that pre out there let's give her a call actually and let her know what we're doing because this can really freak her out and they've already been having some conversations back and forth and i don't want to make a bad situation worse
1: sure right. asking,
3: give her a call and let her know what we're about to do and i gave her a call and i just i was very patient very very patient because she was an older an elderly woman she clearly was um strapped for cash candidly she was you know she she just needed something And so I kind of mediated a little bit of a way to let her know we're going to pre-lean it. We have to, because you're going to set up payment arrangements with them to pay this back. It was like a $700 bill, which isn't a lot for, for commercial construction, but it's a heck of a lot sometimes for a woman on a fixed income. Since you're going to have these payment arrangements with them within their lien window, which is that 120 days, then in the event you miss a payment, then they have some recourse. But this is what we have to do. It's not to say that you're not going to do it, but it's this. Or it's like taking ACH payment in your personal banking or anything. And this still puts the power in your hands to make sure you get those payments to them in time and then gives us some leeway to work around if we have to. And it really helped educate her on what service companies can do. And it helped the service company. This particular service company had lost over $100,000 last year in service calls that never got paid. When you're not a big, huge national franchise, you're, you're, a, you're a plumbing company up out of Prescott Valley. You're doing your best. You're doing a great job. you quality work losing that much money is painful, very painful for business. And so if we can put in some practices that can help them alleviate some of that, mitigate a lot of that, let's do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. JJ.
2: Go back to the beginning, tell a little bit more of the story. We kind of jumped right into how you guys started the business with the lean management, but what, what, what precipitated the software and what does that look like right now?
3: That's an interesting question. So the software when we were consulting for the lean company, the, when we were consultants, we were asked to develop custom database software for them. And so we did, and we did some marketing and website and whatnot with them also. And during that time, as we were breaking it down, what we found was there was a definite need for the software in this space so that contractors, not all contractors outsize, outsource their work for preliminary notices. And that's fine, you don't have to outsource it. There are plenty of ways to do it in, internally yourself. A lot of companies use Excel spreadsheets that have autofill forms or uh, PDFs that will extract from websites and whatnot. But what we found is that there's so many people that do their own notices. There's so many people that do their own notice and just need somebody to mail it for them because they don't want to go down to the freaking post office every day like my poor team does. Then there are people that just want, you know, this is a huge project. I don't want to deal with this. I want to ride someone else's errors and omission insurance. So we give what we what we saw was that not. Everybody is the same. Not all contractors are built the same. Not all processes are built the same. So, but what you can do is we can build software so that they can have something—a good foundation, a baseline—for them to kind of build their own processes in their own offices. And we've actually just launched it with Procore. So we do have a, an app in Procore that is selling. It is in their their marketplace. It's PreLink Pro, that allows general contractors to invite their subcontractors in to digitally submit their preliminary notices. It still has to be served in the mail. Sure. But in Arizona, the funny thing about Arizona, I don't have to prove that you received it. JJ, if I'm pre-leaning your leaning of Cannon Beach, if I'm pre Cannon Beach for one of my clients out there, and I've done it a hundred times, I don't have to prove that you received it. So my client, you may not even know that my client has a lien right on that property because you never received the paper. In Arizona, I just have to prove that I sent it.
2: Is oh. there, so Amy, on that note, I thought Arizona's being proactive as well. Are they ever going to get rid of the paper part and make digital uh, recordation part of the the process? And, and, and the, you know what I'm asking.
3: I do know what you're asking. Tennessee. Tennessee okay. is a state that has allowed for digital transmission of preliminary notices and email to act as service. Okay. So Tennessee is rare in that. Even states like Utah, I still have to send it in the mail, even though I go onto this registry. Rewinding. That service piece in the preliminary notice statute, at least in Arizona, is exceptionally cumbersome. When you have laws, it's easy to put laws in place, but undoing those laws is not easy. Do I see a time where, where they they come off of this mail? Because it's, I swear, construction single-handedly keeps the USPS in business between filing yes. documents, hundred percent, and it's all by statutory requirements. Total BS. No, I I I pray for a day we can electronically transmit. I pray for a day never to have to send another human to the USPS again and 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 have to have a, a round date, a freaking round date stamp, and that proves your lien right is a silly little round stamp that secures your lien right. If I don't have that on the right documentation, lien rights go out the window. Well,
2: when they're when they're bankrupt, maybe that'll happen. <laughs> but okay. it
3: they will never let him go bankrupt. Just don't I get
2: know. me down the
1: political avenue, JJ. That inspires
2: bourbon. All right. Okay. So we talked about, you answered my question on the mail versus digital. Shoot. I had Robert help me out because I was thinking of another question. Oh,
1: well, um, I, I'm just, I continue to, to not get hung up. So you mentioned Procore integration, which I think is fantastic. And so primarily for general contractors and inviting subcontractors to be able to, to utilize their portal or Procore to do that digitally?
3: At present through Procore, that's what we have. We have the general contract, anyone that has a Procore login can use it because you can still create your preliminary notices through Procore on our application. You can create lien waivers. You can create escalation requests to go to my link company and, and do a lien if you need it. It's in there for anyone who has a Procore login today. What well, we've actually are launching I should go ahead. I'll go ahead, and give the, I haven't really announced this yet. And this is not a joke, JJ, so don't come at okay. me. But we are we're launching on August 1st, a vendor portal that is specifically for subcontractors and suppliers, whether that general contractor is in Procore or not, to have a, a forum, a place where all contractors can submit their electronic preliminary notices so that at least we have that there. We still have to do the mail thing, but we've got a digital, still request and submit lien waivers, still submit pay applications, still be able to do all of this, whether or not they have Procore or not, but in a way where we're collaborating in the same workplace. There's no reason, JJ, when I get a blue wave job information sheet or prelim information sheet from my subs and when, I, when we're pre your projects, there's absolutely no reason why that information is not in a singular place and then everyone can just extract the information and use it for their own pre once it's validated once that information doesn't change it's not going to change it will eventually it might change but when it does um, for everyone
2: and then if we go back to last week's podcast we could just have it on blockchain because that's where it needs to be anyway
3: yes and I totally agree I think we you know talking blockchains and, and nft and projects is going to be completely standard and commonplace in the next I'm hoping yeah. the next 24 months or less
1: amazing hey let's take a break right here and uh here's something from one of our sponsors
0: Tory Contracting, your full-service Division 9 contractor. Tory Contracting operates with a smaller, hands-on team. This cohesive structure results in superior workmanship and economical solutions. We deliver projects with unsurpassed commitment to quality and stewardship of budget. Tory Contracting: Small enough to listen, big enough to deliver.
1: Okay. Now, I need to understand the software thing a little bit. I've seen software that you use for XYZ pre lean service. Mm -hmm. What's different? And I'm talking years ago kind of thing. So what's different about what you're doing with software and, and what does it do for the user? So
3: what it does for the user is it takes a single source of truth and propagates it to where you need it to be. And that is one of the most difficult things to actually get contractors on in the pre world is making sure they have the same information because they don't. Sometimes a sub will hire a second tier sub. So what ours does is it takes that single source of truth from the general contractor and it propagates it to where it needs to be on the documentation for the subcontractors and the suppliers. So doing things like a pre request, mm. right now, if I go in to do a pre lean request and I'm a subcontractor on a project, I go into, let's say my website, my portal, and I fill out my entire form, I have to put in the project, Address, I have to put in who I'm contracted with, my start date, my dollar amount. I have to make sure that I put in East and not West. I have to make sure that I put in City of Baseline. Freaking Baseline in Phoenix goes through what three cities and has the same address in at least two. So if you have a one, two, three East baseline, it's a horrible example. It'll show up in two different cities and you have to make sure you're in the right city. Typos, simple little things. Never mind the time consuming and the typos that happen because they happen. They totally happen by taking the data that is already validated and verified once and then saying, do you want to do a preliminary notes on this project? Well, Yes. And most of that information is filled out for you. All of the source of truth, all of the project information, the address, the lender that's attached to it, the owner that's attached to it, the general contractor that's attached to it, all of the information you really need to ensure that you have a solid lien right is already there for you. So why not give that to subcontract, whether you use a lien company or not, the end of the day that what you need to do is make sure your ass is covered i'm sorry can i say ass i said it twice we're okay, okay
1: on this one yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> but we want to make sure that you know that the people's are covered their assets are covered and so no, get it you know giving them the ability to do it themselves confidently and comfortably is important because it, it can be a big undertaking it can be pretty scary
1: what if the information's wrong i mean like that finding the, the right owner lender information because a lot of times a subcontractor uh, you know especially the 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 Less sophisticated, the subcontractor, is that information that is that you're talking about? Is it this project? Yes, and then all that information is it verified?
3: Verified, yes. Okay. So let's say a general contractor has, and most of now, Procore is a good example. So let's say we use the Procore. Well, with sure. Procore, what we do is we're extracting everything from the prime contract. So I know where you're working. I know mm-hmm. who you're working for. I know a lot of the details on the project just from what you already have in Procore. Why enter it again? Mm -hmm. Why enter it again so that I can create a job information sheet? Then I can just give them a piece of paper, right? Right. And then use this piece of paper. It's an exhibit to your contract. Here you go. I hope you get to exhibit XX3 so that you can see your job information sheet. And I hope you take that sheet and you give it to your accounting team or your project coordinators because they're the ones doing the prelim request. Mm -hmm. Never gets there. It very rarely actually gets there. So what we're trying to do is just cut as much data entry double triple sometimes quadruple data entry for some clients to none one we just take information that we know to be correct and we use it and we use it everywhere we can we use it as often as we can and there's no barrier there's not like it's not like saying you know oh you want to do a lean way let me charge you for that No, no no this is about making sure the purpose of our software was, I mean, was it for me to, you know, be profitable at some point in my life? Yeah, that'd be great. Sure. But it's also to ensure that contractors feel confident with the pre-lean process, whether to do it themselves or to use a lean company, but that it's not as scary as it sounds. And it's not as scary as I think a lot of people make it out to be.
1: As it used to be. I I, I mean, I remember, do, and it was scary. I mean, it <laughs> oh, maybe not scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was scary. And it was just a hassle. So... Yeah, but you're yeah. scared
2: of butterflies, Robert. So it's all, all relative. But, but
1: but butterflies don't fi- file pre liens. At least they <laughs> probably should. All
2: right. So, so Amy, now the other one that we, you know, we always get is explain, or help explain what everyone's rights are in lien waivers is be, between conditional and unconditional. I think people oh, still get these mixed up all the time. So give the, the Amy 101, 202, and 303 advice on on lean waivers
3: i will preface this by saying i love you very much jj i appreciate who you are as a builder and i appreciate you as a contractor i think you do great things by the industry there now that i've said that disclaimer yep conditional waivers are what i tell my clients all day every day never sign an unconditional waiver unless you are willing to put your ass on the street and hope to god it never gets paid unconditional waivers are the highest risk for anyone anyone on a project whether it's a general contractor, it's a sub, it's a supplier, a labor provider, an architect, it doesn't matter. When you're signing that unconditional waiver, it does not matter if a check clears, if it gets paid or not. If you want to truly protect your, 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 your assets, if you really want to use the lien rights the way they're meant to do, do the conditional waiver. And now I'm speaking to you, JJ. Like, yep. hmm. A conditional waiver, and I know this only because when I was in your office about six, eight months ago. There was one question that came up during the training for your team, and that question was, every month on pay, and this is very typical with general contractors, so I'm not just pointing you out. This is standard common practice. With pay applications, I send a conditional waiver for that pay application. I also send along an unconditional waiver for the month prior that I paid them. You don't have to do that. The conditional waiver turns into an unconditional waiver as soon as the check clears. It's good. You cannot lean for money you've been paid on,
2: period then why then explain to the audience why the lenders always demand it
3: because it protects their assets asking for an unconditional waiver of a sub and a supplier or a general means that whether or not the money comes that lien right is gone it 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 doesn't it the, the the risk is not on the lender in that scenario the risk is on the sub and the contractors
1: So, wait a second. So, I've got to jump in here. So, you're telling me that when you sign an unconditional waiver, Mm -hmm. you're done. You've signed away your lien rights. Gonzo. Whether the check clears, whether it makes no difference. Because, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I I know JJ and I, I mean, this is the, it's so typical in the construction world that, well, I've got to have an unconditional. Yep. I, I mean, you're not getting a check without an unconditional, you know, whatever or conditional, nonconditional. Or, or the all that. Or yeah, the, yeah, or the typical, you sign
2: this and you can have this check.
3: The mm-hmm. ransom note, yeah, the exchange, the yeah. ransom. Exchange. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've got, we've got, I got clients that do that today, and I keep telling them, well, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And the reason I have a perfect example, if you're willing, if you'd like it, I have a perfect example.
2: Yeah, do it without mentioning names, of course. But yes, I give me an example. I
3: never mentioned like Louis when I was in your office. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> uh,
2: that, that doesn't. That doesn't bother me. Any names I, other than, than Blue Wipe, you're okay. Yeah, we're, we're we're culpable at every level. Don't
3: <laughs> worry. I, I would never mention names. I have a painting co- client. He does um, residential and commercial painting up in North Scottsdale. Super nice guy. Does great work. He's a franchisee, so he follows along with the company. The company has, right? It's not like it's just John's painting. It's a very reputable company. Goes out and paints this woman's house. Not all, and then we talk homeowners. Homeowners are really typically going to be the ones that try to really kind of mess with you a little bit more than normal, I think, because maybe they're not as sophisticated and don't understand the real ramifications. Anyway, so she's just like, you know what? I don't believe in your work. And he actually pre-leaned this project. I don't believe in your work. You did a crap job. You did all those things. I'm not paying you. And he says, well, then I'm going to lean your house. And he calls me <laughs> to prepare a notice of intent to lean. I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll get on that. And she calls him and says, you know what? Never mind. Come by tomorrow, I want an unconditional waiver and I'll pay you by credit card. My mm. client thinking, hey, credit card, done. I can prove contract, I can prove invoice, I can prove demand for payment and I can prove that she paid me on this because I have my unconditional lien waiver. She successfully conflict, um, challenged the charges and he was out the money. He asked me, can I sue, Can I lien her now? And I said, no, I can't lien her, I can't. I'm out. My company, what I do for you is completely out of the scenario. You need to go to an no. attorney
1: once he gets the unconditioned once that unconditional sign you're out
3: you're out yeah yeah That's it. it is it unconditionally waives your right to that dollar amount unconditionally it's very clear <laughs> which is why the statute at the bottom is in bold and it's huge and it says like warning contractor if it had flashing lights that would be the only thing i would ask for from the statutes is flashlights fireworks spotlights read it if you read it you can see that it tells him you're screwed
1: so in actuality, the only one that needs to be signed is a conditional because 100%. you can't lean on things you've already been paid.
3: Exactly. And okay. if you can, if you have a pay application for $10,000, a conditional lien waiver for $10,000 and a check to clears for $10,000, guess what I can't lean for? $10,000.
2: $10, yeah, exactly. Wow. wow. Attorney General Amy has spoken. <laughs> <Well>.
3: <laughs> I can't run for office, JJ.
2: But, oh, we, but, trust I, me, we know that.
1: <laughs> I don't know how many times we've had these conversations and how many times more we're going to have these conversations okay. with subcontractors, with owners. I mean, it is such a mess to try to explain and to understand. Um, you need to write some software that clears people's brains and just makes this a non-issue.
0: I
2: already, rumor did. Ha- rumor has <laughs> actually, I already
3: did man I got it I'll send <laughs> Okay
2: <you a>
1: <laughs> so Amy let's let, let's go down the next
2: one next yes. one is let's say people just can't work work things out amicably or amiably or whatever and a lien does need to be filed what what again is Amy's 10 points of advice of of how to do it properly ethically morally all that kind of stuff but
3: not legally because I'm not an attorney so now that I've yeah, we, it's fine, we,
2: so we've we've quali- we've qualified that multiple okay, times Okay good so
3: what i would say is what the advice that i give my my clients is to is you've done the mechanics lien there are a couple things that can change how much time you have on your mechanics lien um to file it but once you file it you have six months period end of story if you're not done within six months that sucker's going away if you are at three months because now you're just extending credit you're just extending credit on somebody that doesn't want to pay you or it's an owner that's giving an issue or it's a lender where it's clogging but what I tell my clients is at 90 days, make sure you have communication with your client. If your client is the general, make sure there's open channels of communication there. If there are no open channels of communication there, now we have a different option. Now we take plan B. Plan B, engage with your attorney, ask for a demand letter, and that demand letter is going to be very specific from the attorney that says outlining the next steps. The next steps are we're going to begin foreclosure proceedings against this property, or we're going to sue against the bond, whatever that might be, but that would be up to the attorney to do. But those demand letters after the mechanics lien, that's what I suggest. Go to your attorney if you're not getting any communication back. If you're on the other side, communicate. Communicate all day. Communicate and let them know, man, it's not me. And I, you know what, the mechanics lien, it's not the owner. The lender is giving us trouble or the, there's something going on with accounting or an audit or something. If you're communicating, it can help. But also, I think it's important for contractors to realize that sometimes a mechanics lien needs to be filed to ensure they still have that right. Sometimes retention is at 150 or 180 days, but the lien rights end at 120. And so I know that there are construction attorneys out there that recommend do the lien, even it, it, I've got general contractors coming to me, like, well, they're in breach of contract. I don't owe them the money yet. I'm like, attorneys talk to attorneys, but at the end of the day, they had to file within a certain timeframe. It's not up to them. It's not up to the contract.
1: Right. And you can't file another mechanic's lien.
3: No, I mean, you can partially release and you can release and re. it's, but then we're talking attorneys are involved in that because it, it can be really, really cumbersome. So we, we consult with construction with our clients, attorneys as often as possible, because it just helps keep the clients not worrying about the day to day Mm -hmm. and it gets things moving.
2: (laughs) So are you seeing the biggest mistakes around the timing of the, the statutory timing? I would think so.
3: Yeah, statutory timing, I think there's also some, there's on everything, everything from establishing the right to perfecting the right. The 20 days is a rolling 20 days. You can be 100 days into the project and still do your pre-lean. It'll protect you from day 80 forward. You've lost those first 80 days. But even that's confusing for a lot of people when that's okay. And the lean timeframe to establish, you know, to actually do your lean, that can be one of three days, one of three different dates. So many if-thens. That's why we recommend don't go too long. If you're off the project, if the project in Arizona is substantially completed, don't go too long. If you do, ask about your retention, make sure that you're communicating with other subs on the project. Make sure that they, they at least somebody's telling you the project's done. If you're an excavator, you put, you report foundation and slab. You're not going to know if the project's done. You're not sending your guys out there in you know eight months to see if the landscaping's being put in or if they're doing the final walkthroughs on the fire suppression. You're not getting that. They don't get that. So make sure that the communication's open, so that that so that what you don't end up with is people pissed off for no reason, because most issues I'll be really honest can be worked out if people are just willing to play nice in the sandbox, right. and be grown ups and deal with their deal with their work. I've got a client right now with general contractors just for no reason. It's a four thousand dollar owed. Four thousand dollars. I'm like, you guys. You guys are fighting over pennies on these projects. Work it out. Work it out. It's possible.
2: But if you, what's, what's, the, um, what's the state of your business right now? When I say you, I mean, not your specific business, but the different lean companies in Arizona. Is it retracting? Uh, are, 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 is everyone consolidating? Are there plenty of mom and pop shops? I mean, where, where do you see the, the bulk of the business um, allocation in, in your space right now?
3: That's an interesting question. So we've recently, in the last couple of months, we had one of the founding link companies in the state just sold to another one. This particular uh, link company, highly respected, well-known, um, the The woman that ran the business, wonderful woman, very intelligent. I learned a lot from her in my early years. And she sold to another link company. And a lot of that is because not a lot of link companies have good succession plans. Like mm. contractors in general, nobody has really good succession plans. Well, lean companies are no different. I'm very fortunate that my daughter and my son in law are involved with the company, and my daughter is the vice president, and she's working into taking over the lean company so I can focus on software. But if it wasn't for that, I don't know what I'd, I'd be doing both, and I'd be probably a lot more insane than I am today. But I think that we're going to start seeing some consolidation. About six, seven years ago, um, there was another large firm that was trying to buy up a bunch of this mom and pops and did so successfully and then sold to another person. And so all of those clients, a lot of these clients are used to white glove service from the mom and pops. That's what what we provide, we 100% provide white glove service. You go to those larger companies and you become a number and it's very disheartening, it's very hard. And I think one of the biggest challenges I have is I'm really passionate about what we do. I freaking love what we do. I love making sure contractors get paid. I love making sure that they can do it in a way that is affordable and, and it's strategic and it's smart and it can still keep relationships. And you start getting large large companies in there, and you're just a number, and now we're nickel and dime for everything and it just i think it breaks down trust in smaller link companies that that are that have the knowledge and the the attention to detail also
2: interesting robert any comments
1: yeah i'm just i am I'm, I'm still stuck on i i was just amazed that like a dirt work guy I, i'm just going pardon me, i'm going back but uh, <laughs> A dirt work guy that does site work in the very beginning of a 16, 18 month project, there's retention out there. He's, he's going way beyond that time. You're saying that the only way is if, if there's not open communication and conversation, the only way to guarantee that you have lien rights is to file that lien at that Mm -hmm. 120 day mark.
3: It's 120 days from substantial completion of the project. So it's not from their oh, scope.
1: Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, Yeah,
3: because if if, if it it's from their scope, to your point, you'll be getting liens on projects all the time, and nobody but, wants that.
1: And I will um, tell you that that is a misconception because I have that conversation as well all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that, to be honest, was, was what I thought. I've had so many conversations <laughs> like, well, no. we thought our 120 days is almost up, and the project is still going on. So, okay. yeah, That's...
2: And then a lot of times, Robert, correct me if I'm wrong, Amy, and again, we're not, none of us are attorneys here, but the the proof of substantial completion is, um, you know, like an G 704 form or something like a temp O or certificate of occupancy. There's a, there's certain mechanisms there, Robert, that right. I've seen, especially from the lender side and, you know, in the help of like Amy's industry, where they they want to see some sort of documentation. It can't just be some arbitrary, subjective sure. thing. It has to be. Uh, you know, something contractual. But I see that all the time, the 120 on completion versus scope.
1: That's a big, big difference. Oh, it is massive, a difference, massive difference, massive
3: difference. It means it can be the difference between having, between somebody doing a lien today or in 17 months. And then you do talk about retention because then retention isn't due to them till the completion of the project, not their scope. Right. And so why shouldn't the, the lien rights follow along with that? And it does, Perfect. But that, but I will tell you this, there is an exception. Government projects, so government bonded projects will be within 90 days of your scope. So this is what I'm getting at. This is kind of why it's important to get somebody that doesn't, <laughs> unless you have somebody in your office that is just a complete lean nerd and geeks out like I do. Mm-hmm. If it's a government project, if it's a if it's an ADOT, you're doing a remodel on an dot, building a new building. Then if I did my foundation work and I did my dirt work, then it is from 90 days of my completion, within yeah. my completion of my scope to do the claim against the bond. I do not have more time than that at all. So yeah, so on government projects, it's a little bit different, but for commercial projects, it's and it's still even calculating at the end of the project is a moving target. Engage with your lean company early and often. Engage with your lawyer early and often, 100%.
1: Great advice. Let's take another break and we'll be right back. There comes a time when dreams become a reality. When you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from, and we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. Amy, why construction? How did you get into construction of all things? I took
3: a wrong turn at Albuquerque. That's all. <laughs> <what it was. laughs>
1: a twisted youth.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was the best answer on any any podcast thus far. That's all I got to say. But, well, it's better. It's better than my probation officer forced
1: me to do it. Right, right. <laughs> it was the first job I could get out of prison. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No. 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 That's was the second job I could get out of prison. Gotcha. So we stumbled across it. I've, again, I was exposed to the law very young. And then as mm-hmm. consulting, when we were consulting with the link company, we, we actually were in their office for about 18 months. Now, that lean company has since been sold and off and gone. When we were in there and we were just learning about it, it was the people. I'll be really honest with you. It was the damn people. Working in this industry has lent me the most amazing relationships. It has It has, no, granted, me, it has granted me the opportunity to meet with people that I would have never thought of. It take it 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 gave me the opportunity to appreciate the worker, the builder, the supplier, it the trades, any time it, it 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 has been so eye-opening and so humbling to be able to serve the construction industry for the people in the country that candidly and truly and this is oh cheesy, build it. It's it's a source of pride for me.
1: Yeah, it's such a diverse group of people. I mean, you really you will meet any and all kinds of people yeah yeah incredible stuff. and they, and they, oh, go ahead go, I was just on. gonna I was just gonna bring up, and you are an advocate for women in construction and a, a mouthpiece for for that as well, which I, I think is fantastic. One, we had one of our very early guests, two of our very early guests were advocates for women in construction. What's your take on that? I mean, are you seeing more and more? We are all seeing more and more women in construction.
3: I have had the pleasure of attending, one was pre-COVID. It was after the last event I did before the COVID crazies and like lockdowns and crazies and I'm not like people are crazy. I'm not calling people crazy. Okay. So I attended a NAWIC event. Um, It was their kind of an annual meeting. It was a big presentation. They had guest speakers. It was all about women empowerment, women in business, women in construction. I walked away from that just absolutely astonished at how amazing some of these builders and these women in construction are. There's um structural steel, you've got boring companies, you have everything that are multi-generational women-owned. Mm-hmm. It's so freaking cool. I think women in business, I think women in business, women in construction, it's it's why the hell not? And the fact that women in construction bring just a little bit of a different element, I think, to overall landscape of of how construction happens and different perspectives, different ideas, different processes. I learn, I learn from women as much as I learn from men. I think I have learned so much in construction about women and what they've done and how there's this, there's one company in the Valley who her goal is to have 70% of her staff be women and they're welders and steel makers. And it's like, blows my mind. I'm like, hell yes. And how do I help? What can I do? Well, how can I get more women in there? I absolutely think it's, it's wonderful and awesome. And you know, it's, it's, it's good to see it being so open. It's it's so welcoming also that builders and contractors are also, for the most part, are just very open and welcome to it. Like, you know, we want more inclusion. We want more training. We want to have an internal NAWIC, you know, mm-hmm. pieces. And you see all these different things and these networking groups and mentor programs for women coming to Dell web and stuff. And it's just, it's the coolest, coolest thing. I'm so, so thankful to be, to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, it's an exciting time. JJ? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I was just looking, we don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to uh, ask one one topic or, or subject matter with you, Amy, and that is, what have you seen in the last few months as far as the industry, um, any of the craziness that's happening with A, inflationary measures, you know, the rise of interest rates, things like that? How has it impacted the lean management business and what are you seeing behind the scenes? Like, Tell the audience what's, what's either their, what they don't know or what's coming
3: lots of liens. We've done month over month, the last four months, we have seen an increase in in liens. We're doing more every month. We like when our preliminary to lien ratio is under 1%. That's the best case scenario. That means people are getting paid. That's great. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. We're not seeing that as much. We're starting to see it creeping up to three and four and 5%, which is actually doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're doing thousands of prelims a month,
1: and you're starting to see that
3: it's big we're seeing mechanics lanes all over the place from back general contractors which which are you know that happens back general contractors terrible owners and lenders a lot of people are are starting to fall out of qualifications for their loans correct you you're seeing or what they're qualified for shrinks every time the interest rate creeps up guess what your 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 window closes it starts closing a little bit more we're seeing a lot a lot of escalations on our side. We're seeing a lot of mechanics' liens, demand for payments, stop work notices. We do the prompt pay notices and documentation, stop work, demobilization. It's it's getting contentious on a couple of them. I think I think in some of in most of the projects, I will say most projects, it, everybody's in it together. Everybody's getting equally screwed and not in a good way. It's very bad. Then there are a couple of projects that are one thousand percent owner driven, not lender, not builder owner-driven and they're big and they're really, really big and they're in the valley and it's unfortunate because it, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't, it should it didn't have to be. They're fully funded. The money's there, pay your contractors. Don't front load another project in another state. It's super simple, but we're seeing a lot of escalations. What we're also seeing is a, dec- a, a decrease in preliminary notice submission. This is not hmm. time to get lax with doing your preliminary notices. Yeah. You would think. You would think, I think a lot of it is actually coming from turnover in staff. You're seeing people not working in offices anymore. You see people that are retiring. You're seeing offices that are also dealing with the financial crunch starting to downsize their offices. And people that had one role now have three and one of them is pre-liens. And so we're seeing a lot of turnover in offices. We're seeing a big decline in, not a big decline, but we're seeing a general decline. You don't wanna see it go like this. Pre-liens go down, liens go up. For God's sakes, okay, I got up really early this morning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't, 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 don't worry out.
2: everyone, she's not a commercial pilot, you're,
3: mm-hmm. you're safe. <laughs> you're totally safe, I'm not a commercial pilot. You're all gonna you know, you all live longer because of that. But you you don't wanna see that. This is not the time to get lax on preliminary notices. If you're not using a lean company, find one. If you're not gonna use a lean company, learn how to do them yourself. There are avenues for you. There are plenty of avenues. My company, I am personally, I teach people that are clients and not clients all day, every day. It doesn't matter to me whether you pay me or not. I want to make sure that the industry is doing the right thing. For Pete's sake, reach out to me. You want advice. You want to know where you can go, resources, whatever you need. Reach out. I'm I'm here to help. I mean, I feel like it's
1: my calling. How How do those people get a hold of you?
3: Um, they can get a hold of me through my LinkedIn, which is on here. It's the best way to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. I'm on it pretty prolifically. Mm-hmm. Um, my email address, I can get my email address out to you guys and you can definitely put that out. But LinkedIn is 100% the easiest way to get a hold of me. Awesome. A lot of people have my cell phone number. It's so far too.
1: Yeah. I, I, I've been looking. Like, I'm just like, wow, that's really, I've never seen mine in lights. <laughs> this has been a blast. You yes. are, you are a joy to talk oh, to. Um, and I'm just going to say this to our listeners. If you... Whether you need lean services or not, do yourself a favor. Go by, see this lady. Just talk. She's already said she doesn't care if she gets paid or not. So just take up all of her time so she can't well, do that,
2: anything. Yeah, that was
1: that was the yeah. first mistake. Yeah. but no, I caught it. I caught. I wrote it down because I'm going to. I'm going to remind her someday. No. no, you don't need to get paid.
3: I'm happy to be an advocate for the
2: for the for the industry.
1: Well, uh, it's been so fun. It really I know has. I know everyone.
2: It's, I, I think. That, over 50% of our industry in the Valley all knows Amy. So um, <laughs> her connections are are wide and deep. So um, yes, Amy, thank you so much for being on today. Um, I know we could spend another hour talking about this content, but just thanks for bringing a high level, once a contentious, but oftenly confusing topic. Um, you made it, you helped make it pragmatic and, and palatable for everyone listening and watching today. So continued success on all you're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, I hope that the software endeavors lead to uh, a lot of ease for a lot of the listeners, the the listeners and watchers because um, our industry desperately needs that integration. So thank
1: you.
3: My pleasure. And thank you both for the invitation. It was, it was wonderful spending time with you guys this morning.
1: Listen, we're going to make up a reason to bring you back on. We'll talk about anything. (laughs) There might be a social hour involved, but I'll leave it at that. We'll just make (laughs) up, we'll just make something up, but we're going to have you back on. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, Amy.
3: Thank you guys very much.
1: We'll see you next week.
0: You've been listening to The Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to The Mac and Blue Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and JJ Levinsky on LinkedIn and Instagram. Tune in live every first and third Thursday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said, You can dream, create, design, and build most wonderful place in the world but requires people to make the dream a reality until next time make it a great day